I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's gorgeous episode, we got to have Dr. Robin Burzen on the show. Dr. Robin is the founder and CEO of Partially Health. You could say Parsley Health is revolutionizing the healthcare model, healthcare system. Um, highly recommend looking into Parsley Health um, for if you are seeing like a primary care doctor uh, and you'd like something that really is looking at achieving health, wellness, um, optimizing your health as opposed to just treating sickness. Uh, it feels to me like that is what they are all about. A little women's health quote here is uh, talking about uh, Dr. Burzen, the physician on a mission to transform the way we think about and receive primary care. Super exciting. I'm like really honored to have had Robin here and I'm just so grateful that she exists in the world because we really need people like Robin. Uh, really good conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com on there. You can start the five-day movement challenge. That five-day video guide breaks down fundamental principles that every person ought to sort out in their body, um, how to integrate those principles into your day-to-day existence so that literally everything you're doing from walking around the house to moving around the office, driving in your car, traveling, can be more of a therapeutic experience. So get on that guy, online therapy. Dot com. Thank you all so much for reviews on iTunes. Thanks for supporting this show. Thanks for telling your friends. Thank you so much to Faraday's for supporting this podcast. Faraday's is some of my favorite underwear out there. Uh, why I like them, one, they're made of bamboo and some spandex. They're all stretchy and feel good on your thighs. Uh, thighs is a, it's a funny word, thighs. Um, I don't know why I'm uncomfortable saying that word. Thighs, thighs, thighs. Um, and they have a, around the groin territory, they have this pouch for your genitals that is laced with silver thread, which is shown to be helpful with blocking things like EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, which are being emitted from your cell phone and your tablet and your, just walk through any, you know, hospital or anything like that. You're getting bombarded by this stuff. So Faraday's underwear protects the boys from these invisible rays that do things like lower testosterone and just make you feel off. Um, you can go to fairdays.co, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y-S dot C-O, and uh, grab yourself a pair. Use the line code for 10% off. Um, I think we're good. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you devour this conversation, and I hope you get a lot of value out of Parsley Health down the line. All right, here we go. Back to the show. Pow! podcast. How do you define joie de vivre? It's something I'm working on, you know? And I, so I, so some of the practices for me, like being in cold, is that my phone? For It's definitely you. Where the hell is my phone at? It's gone. I didn't even get a notification. All right. Well, it's definitely me. I don't know how, I don't know where my phone is. Okay. I thought my phone was on silent permanently. My phone is definitely on silent. <laughs> I don't understand. Dude. <laughs> 
Hopefully that was the last time that happens. Okay, fingers um, crossed. So but how so, do you define geography? Right, so the, what does so that of, mean to you? All right, one of the things, the, an idea that I've been toying with is I think that we don't do enough hard things in our day-to-day by doing, so something like... Hard know, things or heart things? Both. Um, <laughs> but I said hard things. Okay. Um, so, like going, so, so like going forth into contrary action, you know, so it's like getting into the freezer is an example of like something that every every cell in your body is like, no, don't do it. And you, <laughs> and That's you, what all of my cells said. And you get in. And then you, you have to figure that out. You know, right. and so for my wacky sense of things, I think that that gives your immune system, it gives your cells, it gives your your your, your body, your spirit, um, something to like show up for. Whereas what we've right. done in our society is we've made you know food just come directly into our face. We've brought everything. Amazon just comes to your door. You just sit on your couch you don't actually have to need to like right. activate to do anything. Mm. And so it feels to me like, you know, having, you know, if, if, if like a spouse, for example, passes away or you lose your job or something like that, it seems like people oftentimes end up, you know, health degenerating and eventually sometimes spouses will, mm-hmm. will die in similar, you know, is that accurate? Yeah, but I'm, I'm following you. Okay, so we're at couch and Amazon and now spouses are dying. So if okay, you lo- I'm with you. If you, <laughs> if, if you lose, if you lose like, like necessity here on earth, uh, I think that that's a huge thing. So figuring right. out like how do I serve people? What's my purpose? Why yeah. am I Why am I here? Yeah, I do see a lot of that like just so ingrained depression and lack of motivation coming from lack of purpose and this thing that we've been sold that we should just like endlessly consume and that our reason for being here is to consume things and stuff and, yeah. uh, is, is yeah, fundamentally wrong. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. And so with the doing the hard things in yourself, I think that it causes your, you know, your immune system, all the, all the inner parts of you to show up and say, Oh, I need to show up. I need to do something. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. Like the, the grander global version of you where it's like, Oh, I show up to do this job that I find valuable or my relationship, or I take care of my dog or my garden. You know, I think all of those things, um, they kind of like ground us in the world, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like if we start to feel like separate, we don't really have like a purpose. Then I think that that's a lot of the health stuff. It's like, what's the point of eating the supplements? What's the point of exercising? What's the point of taking care of my right. organism if I don't need to show up for anything? That's fair. Yeah. No, you have to tap into that motivation. I mean, when, we talk to our patients about making these changes. Uh, it's often like, you know, we're asking people to do stuff that is, has been positioned by popular culture. I would argue that it is fun because it makes you feel good, but it's been positioned as not fun, right? Like taking away the sugar and the booze and the, you know, the foods that people have relied upon to like numb themselves and, um, to create pleasure. Right. And when you tell people like, you're going to have to take away gluten and dairy and sugar. And they're like, Oh, everything I love, everything that's great. I'm kind of like, well, if cheese is your life raft, like you have a bigger problem. Right. So (laughs) when you say that to people and we ask people to do stuff like that, then you do, you have to tap into this deeper set of motivations. Well, it's like, yeah, you go in and eat that stuff all day. Like, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but do you want to still feel like you feel right now? Because if you want to feel different, you're going to have to do something differently. Because if this little program were working for you, you would feel really differently right now than you do, and you wouldn't be sitting here at Parsley Health, right? Yeah. yeah. What's the, uh, you have a thing, it's called the Parsley Index, Health Index. What oh, is that? yeah. What's that, what's that little thing? You, it, oh, my God. Take, so nerdy. Is it, you really want to go there? Do you not want to? I, I like, want to go there. I, I would like to go there. It. Yeah, please. I don't know. I'm like, does this audience want to know about these healthcare things that we've come up with? Yes, um, absolutely. Okay. 
All right. Well, this then, podcast is about health, kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Okay. Um, so a big thing in healthcare right now, I guess I could call it a big thing, is asking, this is going to sound really crazy, asking the patient how they feel. It's going to sound weird, but historically in healthcare, what we did was we said, we don't really care how you feel. We care what the numbers say and we care what your doctor says. And in the past five years ish, there's been this movement towards actually kind of giving a crap what the person feels like and how their experience, how they perceive their experience to be. Um, nonetheless, there haven't been very good ways of measuring that. And there've been these quality of life assessments or these medical instruments, these surveys or questionnaires essentially that ask you how you feel. The only ones that exist uh, generally are designed for people who are much older and much sicker. So like an over 65 sicker population and they ask questions like, you know, can you get out of bed every day and things like that. Um, And so essentially by only having these, uh, you know, questionnaires or surveys that we ask people how they're feeling in their bodies that are relevant to when you're old and sick, we're waiting till you're old and sick to ask you if you're old and sick. And that's stupid, right? Mm. That's a ridiculous way of looking at things when all of our diseases today, they're not all of them, but the vast majority of them over 70% are chronic lifestyle driven diseases. We know that that's well established. All right. So how you're eating, how you're moving, your relationships, your environment, the toxins you're exposed to, the medications you take, all of these things, that is what's driving your health. Health is and disease is not like falling out of the sky and hitting you on their head. So we're living our way sick over time. We only ask you if you're old and sick and when you're already old and sick, and that's not terribly useful. And so Parsley Health developed this first ever PRO, patient reported outcome survey, um, which is like an FDA thing, but we follow the FDA process and we develop this symptom questionnaire that looks at nine body symptoms. It looks at hormone health, mental health, heart health, respiratory health. It looks at these symptoms and asks you how you're feeling in the past 14 days. Uh, and then what we do is because Parsley is an annual membership, you come back. It's not like episodic. We actually want to get to know you and we want to see progress. So you'll take the symptom tracker. We call it affectionately the Parsley symptom index, which is a very dorky name, but the symptom tracker, you'll answer these questions. It takes about two minutes. Super easy scale of one to 10, zero being no, it wasn't there in the past 14 days. And one to 10 being like one being like very, very modeled 10 being the worst you can possibly imagine. And you fill this out. And we get a score and you get your health score and then we trend that over time. And so it's this really, really weirdly useful thing because it's the first ever PRO, patient report outcome survey, um, that is relevant to a younger population, which doesn't mean it's irrelevant to an older population. It just means it's relevant to everyone. And it's awesome because it helps you establish that baseline and people will, this is the funniest thing about like being a doctor and, and watching people get better is that people come in and like, you've seen them a couple of times and it's like six, eight months later or whatever, they're coming back and they're like, Oh my God. And like, I'm gaining weight and blah, blah, blah. And they're like so upset. And you have to go back and remind them that like they came in with like heart disease and headaches and acne and like pain and all of these things that have completely gone away and they can't remember any of the stuff that got better. This is, this is, I've been doing this for years now. It's over and over and over again. The second, whatever that pain or frustration or illness or ailment goes away, the mind just like blocks it out. You totally forget about it. And so the score has been really useful because you'll be like, you started out with a score of 113 and now it's an 11 and you went from the very sick category to the not sick at all category. 
And people are like, whoa, you're right. Mm. Um, so it serves as this really interesting tool for our doctors. It also serves as a really like interesting self evaluation methodology, which I think is really important because, you know, and you probably see this a lot, but people tend to start doing something, whether it's like, you know, hanging upside down from this yoga thing you have here or getting in the sauna or taking the supplement or eat, do it, changing the diet or whatever it is, the workout, but they never start by taking stock of where they are. And so a few weeks later, a few months later, whatever it is, they have no idea if they've made progress. And most of the time, because then they're newly fixated on whatever the thing is today, they don't even realize all the progress that they've made. So I'm a big fan of like that taking stock in this symptom trucker that we've built as a way to do that. You know, the, I think it's Peter Drucker, that if it gets measured, it gets managed. Yeah. Quote, have you heard that thing before? Yeah, I thought that was um, Berkshire right. Hathaway. Yeah, anyway, whatever. Or whatever, whoever yeah. said that, yeah. Warren Buffett. I think it's really, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's, uh, to me, I found that to be really valuable. Like like taking measurement of all different aspects of my life. So like relationships, business, health, you know, and, and seeing like, okay, where am I at now? And then what are my goals? Tangibly putting it down on paper. And that way it's like it gives you a, a course you know, we're like, yeah. it, that to me feels really valuable. And I wonder how much of like what they're doing as they're filling that out, how much of it's like almost passively, it's just getting them to, to write down where they're at in the world and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's something to just like the act of writing? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm convinced that this little tool that we've built, that we've finished testing and is going to go out to the world. But um, I'm convinced that in, in and of itself is an intervention and that it will be yeah. like proven as a health intervention because when you do take that moment to ask like, how is my digestion? How is my pain level? How is my energy level, my sleep, all these things that you don't sort of in a concrete way tend to think about. We tend to complain about things, but we don't tend to really assess them mm-hmm. in a like reliable way. And so when you do that, I think that it just by definition will make people more aware of certain things and then probably like subconsciously they'll start working on them yeah. and see changes. Like plants the seed. Yeah. Yeah. Do you journal? It. You know, I used to, but my meditation practice obliterated my journaling. What does that mean? You're a big journaler, right? Do you still journal? I like it. I journal every day. Every day? Well, that's not true. I journal probably like six days a week. There'll be some days where it just like won't happen, but it's not huge. It's like two pages. My journal's tiny and I write like a, a you know, a buffoon. So it's large childlike <laughs> characters. <laughs> So like two pages has roughly like six words on it. Yeah, there's like I draw a little giraffe and (laughs) I'm like, good, I feel better. Okay. Does it help you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Okay. Yeah, I find um, specifically. So I do. There's a guy Alex Icon and uh, he does a and UJ Ramdas. They do uh, the five minute journal. You're familiar with that? It's like quite popular in various different worlds. They ask like really three really simple questions in the beginning of that. Have you have you used that one? No. Yeah. So it's like. What I think it's like, what would, what would I have it sitting right over here? What would make today great? Um, what are you grateful for? And then like some words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that to me, I think it's so easy for days to just kind of like pass you by, you know, and then you, all of a sudden you're, you know, you're 45 years old and you go through this midlife crisis. You're like, Oh my God, like I lost the best years of my life. Right. Cause you just let every day just, whoosh, whoosh, right. whoosh, you know, like flipping through a deck. And I think there's something really magical about writing where you really, it crystallizes that you're, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. You know, and it feels to me like it kind of like adds traction or something. Yeah. Well, you're like taking stock and you're also forced to be present. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
patients come in all the time to parsley. We were just talking about this. We had our doctor's grand rounds today. So every Friday, all of the doctors at parsley across the country, we get together and discuss cases. Um, and people will talk about complain about, we got a lot of complaints of like memory loss, like especially short-term memory loss, uh, and brain fog and, and memory issues and cognitive issues in all age groups, like twenties to eighties. And it's really interesting because it's increasing. And for some people who are really, really worried about it, you know, we'll do some basic assessments, but we'll then ultimately sometimes send them for a more in-depth neurocognitive evaluation, which is kind of like quite a thing to go through. <clears throat> and sometimes it can involve like an MRI and looking at your brain and then also like going through all these tests and answering all these questions. And what almost invariably happens, we were just talking about this today, the people who go through that cognitive testing pass with flying colors, like nothing is wrong with them. Hmm. Nothing. Uh, their brains look good on MRI. They pass all the tests and they come back and they're like, I scored like a 98 or whatever it is on the score. And we look at the report and we're like, yeah, there's literally nothing wrong with your brain. You are just not present. Mm. You are not paying attention. And so the, I think the phones have really pushed our cognitive like set point into a place of lack of presence in real time to the degree that we can't remember things that happened yesterday or last week, not because our brains don't work, but because our set point is like it's totally somewhere else and we're just not paying attention. Hmm. Uh, and it's a big wake up call for some people to see that. So I think back to the journaling, I think it's a good way of bringing your attention into present time in like an active way, yeah. but I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's kind of what I was, <laughs> I was like a- attempting to allude to as I spill tea over myself, um, mm-hmm. about like, I, I think by doing those, those like hard things in quotations, it, it snaps you into presence and that's throughout our day because our, we've done such a, a bang up job of, of making our life easy. Like that's what industry mm-hmm. is all about. How can we make these, these people's lives easier? Right. You know, so now you got to a point where it's like, well, we don't really have as much to be present for anymore. Right. You know? Right. Well, it's like, we've made it so easy that we've made it hard to have any kind of like grounding in the reality that we're in. And then that's really uncomfortable and yeah. sad. And then I wonder how that spills into like cellular health. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if there's some, it feels to me and I'm like a crazy person, but it feels to me like there's like a real foundation that the rest of your health is sitting on, which is like that presence with your life. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that it, as you start to kind of disassociate from that, it feels like, Oh yeah, but absolutely. Like everyone's living in kind of a weird dissociative state. I mean, the reason I became a doctor in the whole first place was yoga. And I remember being like 21, 22 years old in New York city. And I had been interested in like public health stuff and cancer prevention, some things in college, but I wasn't pre-med at all. I'd never wasn't on the track to go to medical school at all. I was already out of undergrad and I was like going to yoga. I hated my job at the time. Like I hated my relationship at the time. Like I didn't have a very positive relationship with myself. And I found myself like randomly wandering into this yoga studio in lower Manhattan and starting to go to class and over like mainly to escape work and everything else I was doing. And I kind of could have got into it and I like sweating and I liked moving and all these things, but this process of going a bunch of times suddenly resulted in one class in this aha moment where I realized that I had been like living with this concrete wall, proverbially speaking between my head and the rest of my body. Mm. And it was like breaking through the wall. And it was this realization that we're all doing that, right? Like we're all kind of disassociated from our physicality. And so we're living up here 
I'm, you can't see me people listening in the future, but I'm like pointing at my head and then we're not living in our bodies. And so when we disassociate like that, we don't feel how we feel. Then it doesn't, it's numbing. We don't feel when we eat crappy food or when we don't move for days on end or when we stare at our screens all day, because you're living in this world of thought instead of presence in the physical body. And it was that very odd and very peculiar, (laughs) very specific realization that like made me want to go to med school. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. You're like the best version of doctor. Oh, thanks. Serious. That's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you have to leave soon, which is very disappointing to me. Oh, we no, have I'm like okay. what, a couple of few minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we can do like 10, 15 minutes. We're good. <sighs> okay. Um, so th- what does your meditation look like and, and how valuable has it been for you? Game changing, life changing. Meditation is like the most important thing you can do after eating not crap. Damn. Wow. But I don't, but you know what? Meditation killed my journaling. Yeah. What do you mean? I was That's, a yeah, big, is... I was a big journaler in like high school and probably in college. It wasn't until after college and after getting into yoga, I was actually, actually not into meditation until med school. Like I remember being like, meditation is hard. It's kind of annoying. I was the kind of person who was like so amped and like in their head that if I sat down to meditate, like we're sitting on the floor right now, if I sat down here and like tried to meditate, I would suddenly like stand up. And like be standing in the middle of the room, find myself standing in the middle of the room because I would get so wrapped up in thought that I couldn't even sit there anymore. Mm. And then I would just be like standing there and be like, wait, what just happened? Um, and I could not do it. And then I ended up doing a Vipassana, which is one of those 10 day silent meditation retreats that some people have done. They're all over the place. They're great. Do them, go do them wherever you are. Um, and I did one in Thailand and I, that it's, it's grueling literally. Um, but it's about 10, 11 hours of meditation a day, not at all at once, but did like you get up broken at 4:30? up. Yeah. You get up at four 30 in your room or did you do it actually go up into the, into the place? No, I mean, I did the whole thing where you sit with everybody and you sit on all the pillows and it's like set hours and set meals and no reading, writing, eye contact, physical exercise. Yeah. But first thing in the morning, a lot of people just sleep in cause it's like, it's like meditation in your room. As opposed to like the mandatory ones, like there, I think it's like, Oh, they position none of it as meditation in your room in our, in our world. So yeah, no, I did all of it. Good. Yeah. And that, and then I like figured out after that, it was like meditation boot camp, One of the most amazing experiences of my life. And after that you're, I was like, Oh, I can sit and meditate now, but it took a lot and I wasn't really into meditation until then. And then I got into it and then that became how I process. And so I stopped journaling. Hmm. Like if I meditate in a day, I feel like it, it, it achieves that like grounding presence here I am and also processing of whatever the thinking is so that I then don't feel compelled to write anything down, which I'm actually kind of bummed about because I have all these like journals of my younger life and now there's just nothing but an Instagram. <laughs> well, it's a journal. It is a journal. Yeah. Journal, yeah journal but it's entries. a little bit of like a, I don't know. I think the things that you write to yourself and total privacy are a little bit different than the things that you post on the interwebs for every all all to see. I was, um, do you know Aubrey Marcus on it, on it, dude? Mm-mm. Anyways, he was he was mentioned that damn phone. I don't think it gets picked it? up in here. It's mine for sure. Oh, it's, it's just, yours. It's just yeah, somewhere. It's I don't know where it is. It's somewhere. It's like lost in the house. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> blaming me for the dingy I bells. I did do that. I not... feel bad about that. That's been haunting me throughout the conversation. <laughs> like I can't believe I blame poor Robin about the phone. Um, but one of the things that he mentioned that I thought was interesting was um, how if there's a chance that someone can see your journal that it completely destroys it Mm, because what you would write when there's 0% chance that anyone will ever see this versus there's a, you know, a point 
0.01% chance. It's like, okay, well, it's a completely different journal now. Oh, for sure. And so accessing into those parts that yeah. it's like, it's for no one. Well, uh, meditation uh, then is even for like no one, no one. Cause it's not <laughs> even like a, <laughs> there's no record. Right. Yeah. So do you do Vipassana style? Are you going like I body scanning? And all I'm that stuff? not doing the Vipassana body scanning anymore. I did it for a long time after that. Uh, I'll do it occasionally. Um, it is a really good technique. Once yeah. you, once you kind of like get it, uh, I do a lot of breathing work. I do a little bit of mantra work as lately. And then I do a lot of visualization based meditation, um, which is called clairvoyant meditation. And I've trained a lot in that. And I do a lot of that. What does that look like? Super people, out there. People start doing that at home. Yeah. You can take courses with a couple of people who are out there. You can take courses with the clairvoyant school of Hawaii, um, remotely, um, which I have done. You can take courses with this guy, David Gandelman, who teaches some of it. Grounded Mind, I think. A name a lot like Gandalf. Oh, yeah. Added points know. for yeah, added meditation points for instructor. Added meditation instructor. <laughs> uh, you can take these things, but it's a lot of visualization and moving energy and clearing energy, and they teach you all these essentially psychic tools to be able to move energy. It is not clairvoyant as in like I tell the future or see other people's future. Mm. It is not that. Mm. Um, it is just a style of meditation that is called clairvoyant meditation and is very visualization based. So a lot of like blowing things up, seeing what your higher self is <laughs> trying to show you, blowing things up cool. sounded weird. Um, no, that's grounding legit. yourself into the middle of the earth. They teach you all of these different things. And for me, that is like, I can do that for an hour. Have you practiced or, or studying kind of like uh, NLP, neurolinguistic programming? They blow stuff up in that. Mm, yeah. So taking, so, 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 so I mean, like I know a, what NLP it, is, but I don't know that blowing up aspect of it. Mm, so like, say for, I'm not like an expert with it, but, but say like you have like a habit or addiction or something like you don't like, you can mm. visualize that, you know, put it into like a visual container mm -hmm. of sorts. And then you could say, okay, now we're going to shoot that addiction yeah. habit, whatever it is out of a can it's like it kind of gives you one it labels things which is really valuable practice putting mm -hmm. a label on whatever the thing is mm -hmm. you know emotional thing whatever mm -hmm. um and then it also kind of it's like it, visually you go through and kind of like take take ownership and power over it that's mm -hmm. effective that's people. awesome yeah i like this technique because it's a lot about understanding what energy is yours and what is under people's so we pick up a lot of energy around us just through our day, through media, through our work, through our interactions. And oftentimes we unconsciously are matching where other people are mm -hmm. instead of like vibrating at our own resonance. And so mm -hmm. this practice helps you, I guess, distinguish what is your energy and what is others energy and kind of create space between them so that you can kind of come back into yourself, be in your body, be where you are. They have this one tool, which I love, which is, you kind of imagine like an avatar of yourself kind of out far away from you in the world, like somewhere that everyone's attention goes on. Hmm. And so that you can kind of draw all of that energetic attention that comes if you, you know, for my work, it's a lot about speaking. It's a lot about working one-on-one -on -one and being a healer. And, um, it's a lot about building a company and therefore I'm leading meetings and, and there's a lot of inbound energy. And so there's this tool that's just like a total visualization. That's all it is. It's very simple where you sort of see a copy of yourself in a way like an avatar out in the world somewhere that's drawing all of that attention just for the time of your meditation. So you can start to move the energy that's kind of coming in at you out so that you can begin to see what's actually happening. Cause I think we have a mm. really powerful intuitive sense to be able to see truth and see ourselves but that gets like very muddled very quickly in our day to day and that we don't teach people the tools to 
siphon those things out a little bit. So I find it really helpful. Wow. Yeah. Check it out. I love that. We got to do this again. We should. At some point. I don't want to take up. You got like, you got stuff going on. And That's all. Well, you uh, have stuff going on. You've got to get in um, the ice bath and then the that infrared sauna. Bath. I got to do some writing. Oh, the infrared sauna is ready to go. That sounds... I'm like just so grateful. Oh, that's a big thing is the gratitude. Mm. I've been noticing recently actually like just an immense, like almost uncomfortable amount of gratitude for things. Mm. And Uncomfortable I've, amount of gratitude. What do you mean? It's something I'm dealing with and something oh, I'm working with, okay. you know, coming through of like, you know, kind of like the idea of like waiting for the shoe to drop kind of thing. Mm. You know, like, like I grew up in kind of an interesting type environment where it was mm-hmm. like, like the floor kind of came out in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so working with that to feel completely grounded and not waiting for what's the next thing that's going to destroy you, but hmm. actually just completely, you know, appreciating the moment. And so sometimes when I get like a lot, a lot of gratitude, I'm like, this is great, but you know, is, is there something coming kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So anyway, how do okay. people, how do people find your, your stuff? Learn more. Oh my gosh. They find me on the gram and the Facebooks and the things Robin Burson MD and then Parsley Health is my company uh, and sign up for our Parsley Health newsletter. So I write articles, other doctors write articles. If you go to parsleyhealth.com, parsley spelled P-A-R-S-L-E-Y health.com. Um, you can get, our newsletter, which like we work really hard on and put a lot of effort into and have like really smart editors involved in and our doctors are answering questions and just trying to provide information that's valuable to people. So hmm. check that out and say people, hello. Uh, how would, why would someone get involved in, in Parsley as like a listener? Like why would, hmm. what would be the main people listening? Like, Oh, like that's me. Yeah. So we have, we are building a new primary healthcare system big, big idea. What does that actually mean? Um, it means we have primary care clinics. So we replace your regular doctor. Um, we have them so far in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. It's an annual membership. And in addition to being excellent regular doctors, which all of our physicians are highly trained at top places in in medicine, um, they're also trained in nutrition, in lifestyle change and supplements in diagnostic testing that goes beyond the norm, things like genomics, genes and microbiome and hormones and stuff. And we add all of that in, plus you get your own personal health coach and that's all part of your membership. So it's like a gym membership, but for your health Mm. and you get diagnostic testing and yeah, we'll take care of that, you know, sinus infection or whatever. If you need an antibiotic and things, we prescribe drugs and order tests just like other doctors, but we spend a lot more time with you and we do a deep dive. And so really three groups of people come to us. So if you're somebody who's been diagnosed with a chronic illness and you're not feeling like you're getting the time or the attention or the testing or the investigation or the, just the 360 more holistic approach from your doctor, we are for you. So that's somebody who knows they have something and they want to be addressing it, not just with medications, but with food and with, you know, meditation and exercise and really just healing it. And then people who come who maybe haven't figured out that they have something, but they, they have symptoms. So some people, maybe the, the symptoms don't have a name yet. Like that's all that diagnostics is. It's like giving a symptom a name. Your pain is arthritis, right? Okay. Now you have a thing, but you shouldn't wait until somebody gives it a name. So a lot of people come to us who have symptoms who are kind of like, they're seeing the regular doctor, they're going to their acupuncture, they're going to work out, they've got a nutritionist and they're spending money in like 75 different places trying to figure it out. And like, no one's talking to each other. Parsley is nice for them because we bring it all into one place. So you don't need a nutritionist. You don't need all these other things. We will figure it out for you. 
uh, and help you feel better. And then for people who are like, I don't know, I imagine you're in this category, but I don't mean to make assumptions, but people who are like super nerdy about the data and want testing and maybe they're really healthy, but maybe they have a family history or maybe they're just interested in their own health and checking in and want to like have their microbiome looked at. Um, we do have a camp of people who come for that. Cool. Yep. That just sounds like, um, sincerely sounds so important. I'm really glad that that exists. Whether you're doing you. that. Thank you. Yeah. We're no, having big. fun and we really help people. We reduce prescription drugs by like 80% compared to regular doctors. Cool. It's cool. Sweet. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Next time you're bringing a bathing suit, we're going to that damn I'm freezer. I'm bringing a bathing suit. I know. <laughs> going to the freezer. I told Aaron, everyone, that I would get in the freezer. <laughs> she thought it was just a freezer. She didn't realize there was water in there. I didn't realize there was water in it, so I didn't bring the right outfit for getting yeah. in a freezing cold I'll plunge pool. stand in your freezer for 60 seconds. Yeah, I was like, I'll just stand like, in no, the freezer no, no. in the backyard. Sounds good. You don't understand. But I, conve- I I clearly didn't understand, but I did get to hang upside down from uh, acro yoga ribbons, acro and I also got to play the hand pan, ribbons. so it was all, and is that what they called? What are they called? No, it's called a, a yoga swing. Okay, I hung upside down yoga. from a yoga swing. It's different. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I played the hand pan, so I feel that, um, you know, it was, it was not and you got all par- this. you got partially buffed. I did, and I got somewhat buffed. <laughs> By the buffing machine, which I still don't understand the utility of. But well, you got to give it some time. Is it sort of like dry brushing, but like with a machine? Yeah, I like dry brushing too, actually, as well. What's the difference between buffing system. and dry brushing for you? Um, well, buffing, well, I guess it's just more like agitating, stimulating, more like muscular, whereas dry brushing I describe as more of like a nervous system type mm. thing. Like, like interesting thing with dry brushing and like the brain and all that stuff, they come from the same dermal layer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the ectoderm. And so mm-hmm. it's like your skin kind of, it's like coming out of the brain. It's one <laughs> piece. So when you are brushing and get and gaining a relationship with your, the skin, mm-hmm. it's like almost like your, I visualize it as like I'm massaging my brain. Oh, wow. But you know, don't listen to me. I think, I don't know. I think the, the buffer falls into that category too. Instead of massaging your brain, you're just going like to your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. This is a great conversation. <laughs> All right, thanks. Hold up. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. There's some ways that you can support this podcast, one of which you can pick up an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band. It comes along with a door anchor and a carrying case and a video guide on how to mobilize those joints and integrate that body of yours. Really great stuff. You can be found at AlignTherapy.com and also on Amazon.com. Um, thank you also so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right hand sidebar of the podcast page bookmark that thing anytime you purchase some crap on Amazon purchase that crap through that link we get percentage of it costs you nothing and I think that's enough thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes thank you for listening thank you for supporting have a beautiful rest of your day Pow.